When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Jones! Barron! He's got it! Stokes flashes it away, through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. The third day of Headingley is done, and this is a series that keeps on giving. This podcast in association with IG Trading and Investments and it's just one of those ones you don't want to be betting on it. You don't want to be putting any money on this series because it's so unpredictable. But England, Simon, today have come back into the game. and I'm sure you're sitting there for most of the day, you're thinking, ball off, no play, no chance. And suddenly the game has rapidly advanced in the two hours play that were available and you sort of feel as if England have engineered themselves into a winning position now. Well I think if you'd offered England the position they're in at the close of play they would have taken it. They took the last six they took the last six Australian wickets for 108 in 20.1 overs so you know Australia bounding along at five and over but they knocked over six for 108 27 for no wicket at the close 251 to win in all and they had a good little session with the bat as well if they'd lost a wicket before the close of play tonight you know there would have been some doubts you know they're in a decent position aren't they you know they're in as good a position as they probably could have hoped to be at this stage of the test match with, with two days left and you know they have got an excellent chance of uh, getting back in this series uh, tomorrow it doesn't guarantee anything you know Australia could come out and take two or three quick wickets in the morning you know weather conditions are going to be interesting tomorrow whether it's overcast England had some great conditions to bowl in when play resumed you're right Yoz I mean I just don't think anybody thought we were going to get any cricket today and then it, you know, it dried up even when they started it rained so you thought oh well that's you know that's going to be it but somehow there was that gap and it allowed England to sort of surge uh, back into the game and to build on the good work that they did uh, yesterday evening when they took wickets in that closing session. I suppose uh, when you look at the scores overall, 263 and 224 plays 237 and now England 27 for none. So 
the the average score in the match so far has been around about two forty, I guess you'd say. So it's cut and dry, cut and dried. Whether well, no, it's not cut and dried. It, it's very uh, uncertain whether two fifty is a, is a gettable score. But England have have eaten into that with twenty seven for no wicket and. Actually, the pitch hasn't changed that much, has it? I mean, it's more the overhead conditions which seem to uncannily come to England's aid. It's extraordinary how often in this series England have bowled when the clouds have been there and batted when the sun's been out, as was the case tonight. Yeah, I think they knew that these were great conditions to exploit. When, you know, when play started, quarter to five, it was overcast. It was a dank, you know, real dank Headingly Day and Chris, you know, Chris Wokes said that to me in his interview at the end. You know, he, he said, you know, that of course there is expectation when the conditions are like this. You know, you, you've got to exploit them, and they did. They, there was a bit of uneven bounce as well. They got the ball to swing, they got the ball to move, and Australia must be sort of cursing the, the English weather really because I mean, it's been a bizarre series. It, it feels as if you know if England could have sort of summoned up the conditions throughout the series, you know, they they pretty much would have come in come up with what they've received, and yet they're they're two nil down. And who knows? They might be three. Greenhill down tomorrow. Uh, it may be that Australia get what they want uh, tomorrow morning. There is there, apparently there is some rain around tomorrow, but it's in the afternoon. It's all like two o'clock. Some showers in the afternoon. You wonder where England will be by that time. You, know, you think they'll they'll almost certainly play uh, very positively. But yeah, it's, uh, Australia must wonder what they've done really. But having said that, they're, they're, well, they're I'll tell you up. what they've done. I'll, I'll tell you what they've done. And this is, I think, this is mother cricket. Looking after England after what happened at Lords, so we all know what happened at Lords. Johnny Bairstow actually totally legitimately run out by Alex Carey and and Pat Cummings uh, certainly upholding that decision. But here they come to Headingley and may, maybe Mother Cricket is a Yorkshireman because or a Yorkshire woman because you know the conditions have just always been slightly in England's favour, winning the toss. Uh, having nice conditions to bowl in when they put Australia in and then Australia sort of hitting back. But then today, undoubtedly, it, it, it's almost a sort of perfect scenario. You go out to bowl, six wickets required, and the ball's hooping around corners under heavy cloud cover. And then as soon as you walk out to bat, or just, just before you walk out to bat, out comes the sun for a glorious headingly evening. So uh, maybe this is another way of, of telling Pat Cummings and, uh, and Alex Carey that they shouldn't have done what they did. I'm not actually blaming them. I thought they, what they did was complete, completely legit, legitimate. But there's, there's other beings up there who may have a different view. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's an interesting spin on it, Yoz. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit more sort of like pragmatic. I just, they just got a bit lucky. You think that's they? just BS, do you, basically? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they've, just, they, they've just got lucky, haven't they, with the, with the conditions they've had in this test match. You know, overheads on the first day, sunny when it was their turn to bat. Not that they really exploited that uh, in their first innings, but to, today it felt crucial. You know, Australia were talking about getting a lead of 300, and it, that never really looked likely when England you know, picked up early wickets. Chris Wokes got, got into the action. And, it, you know, it, what, what was fascinating about it was that it, you know, England was sort of down to three bowlers, really. Uh, you know, Robinson was out there, but we didn't see him bowl. I don't know whether that was because he wasn't quite right or because Ben Stokes didn't want to risk him. You know, if he, if he bowled some, you know, a couple of loose overs, the ball went around the park and Australia might have got away. Could they risk Moen Ali? Well, they, they possibly could have done and they might have had to turn to him. But basically, he had to rotate his three bowlers. And so... You know, they they managed to make that work, and Chris Wokes taking those two wickets early on got England going. Mark Wood into the attack, taking out Stark and Cummins again, and and Stuart Broad, you know, picking up his wickets as well. It, it was so they they sort of did it just in time. But I have to say, 
Uh, what, a, what fabulous hitting from Travis Head. Um, you, you have to, sometimes you, you do pick it up sometimes on the television, people who watched it on the television today, you know, how well he struck it. But sometimes you, you've just got to be at the ground just to sort of hear the sound off the bat, see the ball disappearing. You know, sometimes you, you, you lose the flight of the ball, but you, you see the mind, really. And what I mean by that is you see the fielders sort of looking up and looking over their heads and you know oh he's got hold of that all right that's going for six and there are there are a few uh, crane necks and england i think just about nipped it in the bud there was that dangerous partnership uh, with todd murphy of 41 england, you know there was 170 for eight you thought england are right in this you know lead of just over 200 and suddenly it began begins to build towards 250 and you think well if it goes on a bit longer than this then you know it could be problematical uh, for england but they just about uh, nipped it in the bud but f fabulous from uh, Travis Head. I mean, he's a he is a revelation. He is a sort of, he's an Australian baseballer, and they, you know today they did score a hundred runs in twenty point one overs. They sort of joined the baseball party, Oz, scoring at five and over. Yeah, it's contagious, isn't it? Uh, I, I mean, great credit to to him. I also thought, uh, as you said, Chris Wokes, outstanding there. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? These guys, they haven't played any cricket and they come back and they're right on it straight away. It just shows you don't need to play a load of county cricket or uh, have practice matches or whatever beforehand. Uh, these guys, experienced players, can come in and just deliver straight away. What I wonder whether England got slightly wrong was should they have carried on with that uh, traditional swing and seam approach to head rather than going to the short ball ploy, which we all know he's vulnerable to, but actually he profited from today because he sort of found the bowling a bit predictable and he got, got going, his rhythm got going, his momentum got going from attacking those short balls. Uh, by the time England went you know, a bit fuller and stuff, he was in and, and had already contributed 50 runs. So I just wonder whether England should have stuck with the, a, a more traditional attack to him, which had got the other wickets for a little bit longer Still, you know, he played superbly and actually Todd Murphy looks a decent player mm. as well. He looked very confident and he knocked it around for, for a few runs. So uh, Australia, they, you, you know, you've got to drag them out tooth by tooth to get them to get them all out. And then I, I bet you in, in the morning, it's, it's not going to be it's not going to be easy. They'll, they'll every single run, they'll begrudge England and it's going to be a, a captivating last session of play if it turns out to be one session or one and a half sessions yeah I, I agree Tom Murphy you don't get to play for Australia at the age of 22 if you haven't got something about you I don't think as a general rule and I think he has got something about him as a cricketer and yeah the England had to prize him out it was a it was a, a bail trimmer of an LBW but Stuart brought it felt like a big relief for England actually they they really needed that because Australia were were beginning to threaten a, a you know a, a sizable score and force England to, to chase you know 250 plus, 270, 280. Who knows if Travis Head had been able to continue and, and Murphy looked uh, really solid. What, what I thought was England sort of dragged every sort of last bit of energy out of their, their main bowlers. You know, Chris Wokes bought a nine-over spell. Mark Wood, he was only supposed to bowl four-over spells, five at the most. He had to bowl a seven-over spell. And, you know, they might have had to bowl him another over because they were sort of out of options, really. Well, they could have bowled Moen, I suppose. You know, as I said just now, it didn't look as if they were going to bowl Mark Robinson. Ben Stokes is injured. You know, they, they could have bowled Joe Root. But, you know, they were they were really were banking on those three to, to come up with the goods. And it, it was a just-in-time effort as far as England were concerned. And Australia just couldn't sort of push them over the edge, really. And it, it worked out pretty well. I mean, you know, 251 to win when, when play started at quarter to five. It was fast-forward cricket. I think, yeah, they would have said, yeah, we'll, we'll be, we'd be pretty happy with that. And then they had that... that 
awkward spell. 24 minutes, it turned into five overs. Ben Duckett got struck on the glove. So that just took a, you know, a couple of minutes out of the game. Uh, there was the review as well. Australia lost a review for a catch down the leg side. There was one that was edged just, well, it's difficult to tell whether it was a catch to see Smith. It was very low. If, if, well, if he can't catch them, then no one can really. He might have just been able to scoop his left hand underneath it. So that, you know, that, and there was an edge over the slips as well. I mean, you know, there was something there for Australia, but it, it just wasn't quite their day, despite Head's heroics. But I mean, you know, like, like you, I think that, you know, they're still in the game. I think I'd much rather be in England's position. You know, they've been good on the chase, but, you, you know, this Australian side, you, you're absolutely right. I quite like that analogy. You've got to sort of, take them down tooth by tooth you know they're, they're not you, you've got really got a budget well, or it's uh, or it's prizing every fingernail off the ashes one by one uh, and and there's a lot more work to do of course in that regard but at least the Winvis uh, prediction has gone to about 78 percent 75 to 78 percent an England win so will it be as exciting as obviously the, this match in 2019 well We've been talking throughout this series so far about the IG Net Gains Arena and all the great deliveries of from past Ashes series and matches that you can face in the IG Net Gains Arena. And one of the deliveries you can face is the Pat Cummings ball that Ben Stokes hammered to the boundary to give England that incredible win in 2019. And... I just thought we'd recap that again. Uh, everybody will tomorrow anyway, I'm sure. Um, there'll be, you know, t- TV reviews of it and probably newspaper recaps of it and so on. But uh, Stuart Broad, uh, I caught up with, partly to do with the Legends of the Ashes podcast series that I've recorded with Stephen Fry. I interviewed Stuart Broad about his memories of 2019 and that famous day, uh, which you called the final ball on, uh, in 2019 when, when Stokes hit the winning runs. And actually, it was just fascinating to hear Broad's recollections from the dressing room. There was a lot of hard work done leading into the day before. You know, Stokesy, I think, was one off 50. Joe Denley played fantastically well for 50. I think Johnny and Rooty got going a little bit. So, yeah, there was uh, it was a team effort, although we'll always remember it for two, for two guys in one run. I think Cookie had come down to the physio room in the morning to speak to the physio and we were going really well. And he's one of these superstitious guys. And I think he missed the commentary stint because he couldn't move because of the partnership going on. You'd have to ask him that, but I, he was definitely in there like an hour and a half or two hours because we hadn't lost a wicket. There were definitely people sort of scattered around the changing room for sure. I was sat between, Rooty was on my left and Joss Butler was on my right, sat on those sort of stools in the Headingley viewing area and I don't know if you've been in the Headingley view area you'll probably be okay but I can't fit with my height I'm six foot six and I think the ceiling height is six foot four so I have to duck but that winning moment when Stokesy hit the ball Joss jumped off his chair I jumped off mine my head went through the roof and the hole is still there when we played last year the hole's still in the roof uh my ho- my head went through the roof and Joss's stool went through my shin so I I had to, uh, I had a cut shin bleeding and my head had gone through the roof three seconds after Stokes, he had uh, hit the ball to the boundary. So there was a lot of emotion going on. But obviously with adrenaline, I didn't feel that that pain at all. 
well, absolutely memorable day uh, for England. They'll be, in a way, Yoz, I think they'll be hoping for, for, for a drama-free day. You know, they don't want anything like that. They, you know, they'd love to you know, go out there and knock these runs off, uh, I don't know, two, three down or something like that, perhaps five down at most. So, you know, they don't have that, that nervous finish. How, what's your feeling? How, do, do you feel that this, is, this really is England's great chance and they should win from here? Yeah, I do. I don't think there's enough in the pitch to stop them getting 250. There are going to be some nervous moments. There's going to be a couple of mini collapses, I reckon, or mini, you know, crises. But I think England have got enough depth. And Australia, they've thrown so much at England already. How much more have they got? You know, how much more have they got to give? Uh, they've, they've only got really three seamers. I mean, Mitch Marsh is a handy bowler, but I think they'll miss having Cameron Green as that extra bit of thrust. Obviously, Todd Murphy's a, a, a useful, a, you know, more than useful spinner, but he's not Nathan Lyon. So I think England will think... That especially as they got through that uh, evening session, provided the, 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 the conditions aren't unbelievably clammy, the balls are zipping and seeming all over the place, I think they've got enough in the tank to be able to do it. And they know how much it means to, to everyone in, in this country that they've got to keep the Ashes alive. So, I, I, And I did say this yesterday, actually. I think they can chase 250, and I think they will. What do you think? Well, I think they've got a very good chance. I don't think it would necessarily be straightforward for them. And, you know, Australia will be at them in the morning. The crowd tonight were right behind them as well. I think they drew, they drew something from that as well when they were bowling and they, when they were batting. You know, everyone was being cheered. You know, defensive shots were being cheered. The last ball of the day was being cheered. You know, and the spectators who come along to Headingley tomorrow will be you know, right behind England, urging them over the line. It's still, you know, 220-odd more runs. If Australia can whip out a couple of wickets I suppose we, we need to see what the conditions are like in the morning you know if we do get one of those sort of humid overcast days and Australia you know will have something to to work with and you know there's a is I think it's going to be that sort of day that seems to be uh, the weather forecast so we've talked about you know England having conditions in their favour uh, throughout this series you know for, for a large part of it you know, in, in a way the weather gods need to be a bit fairer to Australia and give them something to work with tomorrow and see what sort of challenge uh, that poses England. Don't be, don't talk rubbish. We're not having the weather gods helping <laughs> Australia at all. We're in England now, and the weather gods are supposed to help England. So Mother Cricket's going to come to our aid in the morning and going to give us a four-wicket victory, I think, and keep the ashes alive. So how beautifully it's set up. We'll be back tomorrow to review, presumably, the final day's play in this riveting third test match. Looking forward to it. Hope you are. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.